0: banks need to focus on collaboration. Believe it or not, users are looking for convenience more than value.
1: Hello and thanks for joining us on Banking Remix, the new podcast from Veritran. I'm your host, Katie Janos-Small, founder and editor of Upana. On this podcast, we talk to leaders in digital finance about how traditional banking is being remixed, how it's being spun together with new technologies, concepts and data, with the aim of creating better customer experiences and more intuitive integrated services. I'm delighted to welcome onto the show today, Grania Fuentes. Grania is Vice President of Digital Solutions at Veritran, which is an industry leader in digital transformation through low-code business app development. Before joining Veritran, Grania was a CTO at Bit Platform and CTO at The Pay Solutions. Grainer, it's a pleasure to have you here to discuss what makes banking innovation succeed. Thank you, Katie, for having me. It's a pleasure being here and sharing some time with you. So to kick off, can you tell us a little about some of the initiatives that you're involved with at the moment?
0: Well, um, Katie, we're involved in quite a few uh, initiatives around the world, and we're actually uh, glad that we have the opportunity to, to do so. It gives us uh, gives us a a good perspective of some of the challenges uh, that we have in some places uh, in the world that we don't or we have already resolved in some other places or um, that they're about to to become a challenge in some other places. So we can use that experience not only to provide, you know, our expertise and solve the problem in some countries that's already been solved uh, on another, uh, but, you know, we're taking it a step further and and looking at new ways uh, to drive more engaged experiences for uh, our customers and we're not only using the, the traditional channels as we know it uh, like the mobile app from a financial institution to to do an onboarding process and and you know take a selfie and, and do some verification to authenticate certain user we we're trying to um, create more uh, connected and embedded experiences into, the, into people's daily lives. For example, we're targeting social media channels or messaging apps like WhatsApp to perform 100% digital onboarding processes in, in a way that goes with a, uh, daily lifestyles of, of end users and, and they're loving it. I mean, the technology is there, so we're taking advantage of it. And we're, uh, our approach is to get to where the users are performing or executing or, uh, or going about their days and not redirect them back to an application uh, from a specific institution we're trying to go where their users are uh, transacting uh, whether that is at the personal level or the business level so in social media and messaging apps it's a uh, it's one of those places where users are spr- uh, are spending most of their time so we're um, uh, you know making good use of technology and Reaching them out there and giving them a, a more natural, seamless, uh, and frictionless experience. Uh, so we're we're very that's that's one of the big things that we're, we're doing. Uh, so we're, we're very happy about it, and, and we're getting some really good feedback.
1: Tell me about some of the things that you've learned about digital finance recently. What you, what what do you think has changed in the world of digital finance since the since the onset of the pandemic?
0: Well, um, interesting enough, I uh, I discovered that. Um, many users you know are more inclined to incremental savings applications solutions and products that provide them with incremental savings obviously amid the uncertainty that we've um, you know we're facing with uh, the current times uh, as opposed to you know earning cash uh, or or points or rewards that they can then uh, spend later on so that's been very um, uh, surprising to me that users have uh, the mindset has changed a little bit now instead of getting rewards or points that they can later use to, to get discounts or, or, or get something for free down the road. They, they no longer want that, that, that option. They, they're more interested in incremental saving products and services. And that's something that, you know, uh, surprising enough, a lot of the financial institutions are not, are not realizing. And, you know, they're, they're just focused on the traditional Services and they, they're still going and and trying to you know to get to the users where hey you know you'll get points you'll get rewards you you know you'll uh, you'll get travel incentives and let's face it users users at least during this time so they're not looking at traveling you know they they're looking at saving money because they don't know what's coming down the road so there's a lot of uncertainty uh, uh, with a, a pandemic so and, and i think that's where going back to something i i talk a lot is about user behavior so we need to start understanding and be more predictive on how the users are acting or or predict how is it that they're gonna uh respond to a certain type of uh, product or service so and, and i think financial institution either need to do a better job at that or partner with a company that's sole pu- uh, purpose is to understand and drive a digital uh, user experience, which I think is what needs to happen at the end. But that was surprising, uh, just to kind of close on the question, that was surprising to me that, you know, users are looking for savings and products and not for uh, rewards.
1: That is interesting. So they're still looking f- to see the value they can get from their bank, but it's it's turned more towards how they can, how they can save efficiently, I guess. What do you see as some of the... Um, well-designed solutions that that cater to that need for incremental savings.
0: For one, all or at least most of the successful financial uh, products are all built around incremental savings. So, uh, anything that helps the user to uh, to save that that's always a good, especially during these times. But what are some of the, uh, the 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 projects that I'm seeing out there that are you know taking up on a, on a lot of relevance? Mm-hmm. P2P projects, users want the ability to transfer money fast, very easy, and that kind of goes into something that I also speak about, uh, which is conveniency. Believe it or not, users are looking for convenience more than value. So, they, they really want to uh, invest the, the least amount of effort they can to accomplish something. Even if that means that they have to pay a little bit extra, or, or or they lose some, some, some benefit. So users are, are looking for, and I said it the, the, the other day, a high percentage, about 67%, 70% of the users who use digital products, they, they use it only or mainly because it's convenient, not, not because it's secure, not because well, while that's important, I'm not saying it is not important, that's very important, but the main reason, across 67-70% of the users, it was it was convenient. Digital wallets, they didn't have to carry cash or cards, money transfers uh, or remittance, they were able to just push a couple of buttons, select uh, uh, somebody's name and the amount, and that's it. The money was uh, available immediately for, for that other person to either take it out or uh, at a location, which is not, not the idea today. Or uh, have it in their bank bank account very quickly, even if that meant uh, a small fee for getting it right away into their bank account, or maybe free for for a two or three day wait. So, again, all all goes back to uh, being uh, the, the understanding and, and the behavior of what the user is looking for, and being able to deliver through either collaborating in the case of the financial institution. And really, anybody that's out there to to provide a service, right? I, I think that the strategy here is to collaborate in order to deliver and understand that behavior of the user and deliver that conveniency that they're looking for.
1: So I think that um, convenience that you mentioned and the and the collaboration that you mentioned they really tie in with um, with what you mentioned earlier on about social media, right? The the use of the use of social channels to to deliver some of these services. Can you tell Can you tell me a bit more about how you see that evolving, how it has evolved, um, how you see maybe banks using using social channels to to engage with their clients, and how you think it might evolve, you know, in the in the months and years ahead?
0: Well, I think this is uh, something that uh, little by little, um, companies dedicated to to user experience are going to start uh, pushing really heavily. Um, financial institutions, they have to, you know, they, uh, let's face it, they have to comply with a lot of regulation. They're, they're heavily regulated. So it, it is by nature is very hard for them to, to move or to change and, you know, outside of what they're designed to do, which is to provide uh, integrity and uh, some kind of uh, peace of mind about your, your financials, right? So, and I, I think that that's, that's great because uh, uh, what I see happening is that, one, banks need to focus on cleaning up the, their data. We know there's data all over the place. Not only that is all over the place, the data that they have is not, it's not clean. It's, it's, it doesn't. Uh, so, I think that financial institutions, they need to focus on that one particular thing, cleaning up their data, whatever that might be. Uh, because we we got something coming, uh, which is open banking, and we need to be ready for that. I think banks are going to become providers, companies providing or or focusing on delivering a service concentrated on, on the user experience, and uh, you know we'll we'll see the um, proliferation of APIs. Banks need to, I think need to focus on cleaning up their data and be ready for it. open banking. Something that's gonna be the next uh, big thing. And that's what's going to power uh, financial services in the upcoming year. I mean, the, the networks are, are getting ready for it with uh, uh, tokenization and, and providing a seamless payment in, embedded into, into the experience. I mean, the payment is just the, the, the last mile of, of the game there. Uh, and it just needs to, to get approved and, and the user is not even thinking about paying. I mean, that's, I mean, nobody wants to pay. Uh, They want to receive what they paid for uh, or the value they got out of that experience, right? So, again, going back to that convenience and I think uh, that's where uh, uh, financial institutions and and anybody around it because it's not only the financial institution, they need to be looking at the cleaning up their data and then so all the providers that are, you know, experts in providing, you know, understanding that end user are able to consume that data and provide services so that, that's where i think the future is
1: i was about to ask you what you think the biggest challenges for 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 banks for financial institutions coming up and you've actually just mentioned a couple right one is cleaning up data one's open banking what's the what what you know if you were a, in charge of digital at a bank today what would you be um what would you be most focused on what do you think should be priority number 1 what do you think the biggest challenges for financial institutions in the in the years ahead well
0: besides um, which I touched about um, cleaning up the data and getting ready for that um, besides that I need banks need need to focus on collaboration banks it, it is a fact uh, banks are not able to to accelerate changes I mean regulation won't won't let them do it uh, it, it just they just have to go through so much paperwork uh, that are uh, it's simply impossible for them to to move at the acceleration that the end users are demanding. So, I think they need to take on another role and they, they need to stay where they are right now uh, and, and be the experts on handling and safeguarding financials uh, lives of, of people. They're really good at that and they're really good at, you know, moving money from point A to point B and safeguarding. So, I think they, they need to change the, uh, the mindset and, and think as a provider, and not as a uh, as a retail institution. That 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 would be my 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 strategy uh, from the financial uh, institution point of view. Other than you know making sure that uh, obviously the data is clean and ready for the open banking. I, th- I think that's that should be the the goal uh, uh, for the next uh, few years. Be able to open up your services so anybody can come in, plug in, and offer your services. Regardless of uh, you know which channel they're, they're coming
1: through, that preparation for open banking does that just involve sort of uh, armies of data scientists being in there and, and you know trawling through the data and sorting it out? How how should banks approach that um, that quite complicated task of cleaning up and handling and, and managing the, the masses of data that they have and that they that they continue to accumulate?
0: There, there is, um, I mean, we're talking about some banks. Have a lot of, of years in in their history so so imagine uh, it is not a, an easy task to to clean data that that might be stored in in so many different sources within the the organization i, I think i um i have to to agree that there needs to uh to come in uh, a team of of scientists uh data scientists uh, and kind of come up with a new data architecture where they can Come in and, and kind of make sense out of all this data, and then bring it into uh, newer data architecture models that they can um, be best prepared to actually turn around and expose this data uh, in, a, in a more normalized uh, manner via APIs. So anybody can come in and, and you know and really create a data standard where uh, anybody can come in with a document of you know how do how do I pull an account, how do I um, execute a, a loan, how do I execute a credit uh, card decision, and so on. I think that all of that needs to be standardised, not within the bank, but thinking about thousands of providers are there that are your potential salespeople, you yeah? know, because this company is focused on, on creating products and services for, for the end user, are going to be your sales reps. You just have to have the data and your products and your options available in a standardized manner that they can consume without even having to, you know, to call you or without providing any, any, any support, you know, something that they can easily integrate with and, and and start consuming it.
1: So Grainier, the theme of this podcast series is, is remixing banking, right? Um, Mixing up with new things to, to get it ready for the, for the future. So if you were to remix banking. If you were to add in one new element to, to the banking landscape or to a single institution, what, what would it be? What, would you, what do you think um, is an essential ingredient for remixing banking?
0: That, that is a very good question. And, you know, and, and since I just get to have a, one ingredient, uh, well, I'll, I'll say I'll take uh, something out of the, the equation here. Branches, I will take out of the equation. Uh, I think branches are, are a thing of the past. And COVID-19 kind of uh, taught us that, you know, branches are not necessary unless unless obviously you're, you're trying to, um, you know, keep up with cash, and which I think there's a lot of efforts and there's a lot of economies out there that are moving away from cash. In fact, uh, by 2024, 2025, uh, I think the, the world's transactions uh, or cash transactions are going to amount for 1.5 to 2% only uh, of the total of transactions. So that, that's a big uh, number. So I would definitely take out uh, efforts uh, keeping the branches alive. I mean, even before COVID branches, most of the, of the branches were not um, profitable. So they, they, they usually... Balanced out because all the branches were uh, depending on the, on the location so but I, I would definitely put a more effort on on reaching out to the users because we have something coming the IOt so users are going to want their fitness their financials their personal life their business life they're going they're going to want to connect it or, or they're going to want to have it everywhere they they interact whether that is a television a wearable, a cell phone, a gaming console, a computer at work—you uh, name it. So, uh, I think that that's where things are going to having your your digital life anywhere you go, whether that is on uh, on a device or, or, or the other.
1: It's quite a big call cool to to uh, to say that, that we don't need branches anymore. How do you? You know what? I understand the I understand the trend, but just to dive in a little more, people say, you know, well, you need the branch for those more uh, maybe complicated transactions or the complicated um, discussions with financial advisors. Maybe you need the branch for the people who who aren't so confident with using digital channels. How do you think in the in the future, if we, um, you know, as we as we do transition to a world without bank branches, how do you think those more complicated scenarios will, will be managed?
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, they they would, um, uh, for one, is if there is a need for a physical interaction, which I personally, and that, that's just me, I personally believe is not necessary to accomplish um, uh, a uh, transaction or there, there are tools out there to actually provide remote support, I mean, be able to watch somebody's cell phone screen as they do things, be able to troubleshoot and help uh, a person remotely, I mean, that's the technology is there today, it's just a matter of uh, mindset, right? Uh, do we want to go this route or, or, or not? So And and so is the technology to authenticate users when doing complex transactions, I mean, you can, uh, I, I spoke about it recently about Iris authentication, some, something that's frictionless and it doesn't require, it happens in, in less than a second and, and it doesn't require any additional effort from, from the user. It doesn't require them putting the fingerprint some, some kind of way or putting the face uh, in a certain way so it recognizes you. I mean, it just reads your, your, your eye. I mean, by, by nature, you, you have to look at your eye points to, to what you're doing. So, so we, we can take advantage of this type of technologies and, and be able to, to complete any, any type of transaction really especially in a cashless uh, economy, which, again, uh, I think that's what we're coming to.
1: I love what you had to say about IOT as well. I think that's um, that's a super interesting trend. And how do you see that maybe playing out as a as an experience? Do you, do you envisage that people may be logged in to banking through their TV and their fridge and their, you know, um, their vacuum cleaner robot or, or- a little of the way that we're kind of logged into Netflix and various different devices, or um, how how do you imagine that? Can you kind of describe sure. that a little more? How you imagine it playing out?
0: IOTs have you know have been around us for for a little bit now. Financial services, uh, surprisingly enough, I'm being sarcastic here, but they just caught up to it because with uh, tokenization. So before tokenization, I mean there was no way around being able to share your your digital assets in a secure manner uh, other than providing your real car number, uh, expiration, and the CVV. Uh, so tokenization as a security point of view came in and, and solved that. So you can now have your digital wallets not only on your on your mobile device or your cell phone, which is what we're used to. Uh, you can now have your uh, all of your credit cards stored in a secure way as a token a representation that can now be used to trace back your private information anywhere we see it uh, uh, in Netflix Amazon uh, all these uh, retailers are put uh, tokenization in, into the equation which is something that the networks have done a great job at becoming the bolts to uh, as the point to, uh, of securing that data and and I think uh, uh, with that in in, in place now uh, I think users want the, uh, the financial services to be more proactive I mean if I'm on Regardless of the device I'm on, I want to know if, if a high uh, dollar amount transaction just happened from my personal account or a business account, which is uh, a more proper case to to put as an example, where you know I might be the the CFO of a of a corporation and you know I have different um, users I have access to to perform transactions within the corporate account. So as a CFO, I do want to I want to be, uh, uh, I want to have my financial institution to be proactive and let me know user A or user B perform a high dollar uh, uh, transaction for this and and this reason. So, and if that can be as part of a a pop-up notification while I'm uh, watching a a, a TV show or while I'm uh, working on a presentation, something that's not as invasive as having to get my attention out of what I'm doing, to go out and check if uh, reactively if somebody did the transfer that they were supposed to do, that kind of thing. I think IoT is gonna is gonna play a big role, and, and financial institutions should be looking at that to be more proactive when it comes to uh, keeping the end user in the loop.
1: Looking even further into the future, Gray, how do you how do you imagine that our that our kids, you know, the next generation, uh, when they grow up, um, will be will be managing their money? Will it even be something that they do kind of managing their money or will it be so much integrated into their lives that they won't even think about it? How do you imagine that, um, that financial future being for the next generation?
0: That's very, um, uh, risky to, to say, but honestly, uh, I think you once users will not, will probably not think so, uh, think so much about their money. It'll be so embedded into their lives. I um, mean, you know, obviously, they'll care about how much money they have, how much they can spend. Uh, but, you know, it, it'll be um, almost as natural, you know, waking up uh, every day, right? And, and I think that a lot of the financial future for, for our kids, um, 10 years, 15 years from now, I think it will have to do a lot with uh, digital currencies. I honestly think that's uh, at some point, I mean, banks... Uh, today and uh and even the networks have some kind of a strategy around cryptocurrencies so so I think that's that's coming down the road in in ten fifteen years uh, and, and that'll be a big part of our uh, our kids
1: it is a it's a it, it is difficult making predictions but it's um interesting to always you know get thoughts on 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 the direction of travel though and I think it's interesting that you mentioned digital currencies because it's Seems to seems to be increasing talk around those, um, around those at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, that field plays out. Look, Grainier, thank you so much for joining us on Banking Remix by Veritran today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you.
0: Thank you for having me, Katie. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day.
1: Thank you very much, Grainier. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Banking Remix by Veritran. Be sure to subscribe to the series in Spotify, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud so you'll be the first to hear the next interview. Until then, keep up with the latest in digital finance on VNext. That's Veritran's blog, where the team discusses news and trends in banking transformation. Don't miss it. Head over to veritran.com blog. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon with more banking remix insights.